Much of the framework for the modern United States Navy was laid during the period from the War of 1812 until just after the Civil War. This was the forging of the institutional Navy. Submarines, ironclads, and torpedoes were all developed extensively during this period. Rear Admiral John Dahlgren is known as the father of American naval ordnance because his gun designs revolutionized naval gunnery during the 1850s by making it more accurate, giving it greater range, and making it much safer. In episode 21, we discussed the development of the steam-powered warship and how an explosion in 1844 of one of the guns on board the USS Princeton killed the Secretary of the Navy and the Secretary of State and nearly killed President John Tyler. This was obviously a setback both to naval gunnery and to steam power. Gun explosions like these were not uncommon during this period as metals would overheat and give out at their weakest points. When this occurred, it was catastrophic. Dahlgren's naval career began amidst these well-known gun mishaps, which probably influenced his strategy of focus as much on safety and reliability as he did accuracy and distance. His guns first made their appearance during the Mexican-American War in 1847, three years after the explosion aboard the USS Princeton. They were primarily used in small boats during the littoral conflicts. However, by the 1850s, Dahlgren's guns would be the standard for U.S. Navy vessels. Dahlgren integrated his gunnery systems, using varying sizes for varying purposes, and tried to think about the warship as a fighting unit. Additionally, he was an early proponent of ironclads. As an ordnance developer, Dahlgren tried to figure out ways to thwart his own designs and one obvious answer was iron armor on ships' hulls. But today, we talk about a less tangible shift in the Navy's development as an institution, and that is how the personnel system began to evolve. During the period of experimentation with technologies like the sub and ironclads, the Navy was undergoing development in all facets, including its personnel, uniforms, and fundamentally, its identity. Our object today is a set of epaulets that belongs to Admiral Dahlgren. Although the U.S. Navy and other world navies had always had basic rank structures, by the Civil War, these were rapidly becoming standardized to include identifying insignia and uniforms. This is quite significant because it is emblematic of the broader shift by the U.S. Navy towards institutionalization and standardization. This shift was accompanied by other actions that we have talked about, like the founding of the Naval Academy and the Navy Lyceum. When John Paul Jones went to war at the beginning of the Revolution, he was identified as a captain by his sword, coat, and hat. By Admiral Dahlgren's time, naval officers were wearing standardized uniforms with standardized insignia that, although slightly different, are nevertheless very much recognizable today. We will talk about the various roles of officers and enlisted in our next episode, 
but today we look at the development of the insignia which helped to identify them. Officers in the U.S. Navy today, and in most navies around the world, wear a variety of uniforms and insignia. However, a common thread throughout most navies is the standard white uniform with shoulder boards, usually consisting of hardened black felt with gold rank insignia embroidered. These embroidered shoulder boards evolved from epaulets like Dahlgren's. The development of epaulets and insignia may seem insignificant when compared to monumental inventions like the submarine. Nevertheless, to understand how the Navy has evolved into the institution it is today, it is vital to look at the development of, and thought process behind, its personnel system. As the Navy shifted from an ad hoc protection force to a standing Navy that could challenge as an equal the greatest of world navies, it needed to build up all of its internal processes as well. The internal organization of the U.S. Navy played as important of a role in the Navy's rise as did the technical innovation that set the process in motion. Standardized uniforms are just one small part of that process, and Jim Cheevers, Senior Curator of the Naval Academy Museum, joins us today to explain a little bit more about the development of epaulets. And we're here to discuss epaulets uh, as part of the uniform to identify officers in our Navy. Uh, we're standing by an exhibit dedicated to Rear Admiral John A. Dahlgren, who was most famous for inventing cannons, Dahlgren guns, that helped win the Union the Civil War. Uh, Dahlgren's uh, spent a number of years uh, testing ordnance, particularly at the Washington Navy Yard, uh, and they really proved their worth during the Civil War against uh, Confederate ordnance, some of which came from Europe. Uh, and so we were very proud of, of Dahlgren's accomplishments. Uh, the epaulets that you see next to his uniform are, are actually of, of French origin in the 17th and 18th century, and they became associated with all the military services uh, and spread to England and then to the New World, to the United States. Uh, our uh, naval leaders were wearing them during the American Revolution. Uh, however, by the Articles of Confederation, uh, they actually banned the, the, the use of epaulets because uh, they argued that epaulets were worn by mili military people that served kings and queens, and we didn't want that. Uh, however, they were quickly reinstated when the Navy uh, was reestablished after the war in the 1790s to fight the Barbary states of North Africa. Uh, and uh, they evolved and, and were used actually in our Navy up until 1947. They were part of the dress uniform in the 20th century, the full dress uniform uh, for special ceremonies. Uh, but epaulets in the early years, only our cap the captains, the senior rank in the Navy, could wear the epaulets on each shoulder. Uh, the junior officers could only wear it on their right shoulder if they weren't commanding a ship. If they were commanding a ship, they moved the epaulet over to the left shoulder. Um, it's quite interesting to compare epaulets uh, to uh, uh, how we identified our enlisted ranks. Uh, which eventually had cloth patches on their sleeves as opposed to this uh, bright gold uh, uh, mean of, of recognizing rank. Uh, eventually they, of course, were putting stars and then eagles and bars on top of the epaulets to distinguish the various ranks of officers within the Navy.